Ghostbusters! Welcome to Rage You Nerds, I am Mr. Cack, I am joined by the Collective Funk, TJ, and by a blood brother, Jared. Uh, and we are the nerds, and we are here to rage. We're also on TikTok, go follow us, you a-holes. Uh, nah, we're, also on, we're also on Instagram, go follow us, you a-holes. We're also on Facebook, go follow us, you rather old people. Please take an ibuprofen before following. Uh, we are on Twitter. We don't understand it, nor do we know how to use it frequently enough to care. Uh, so sorry, young people. <laughs> sorry, young demographic. <laughs> we, we will pick up on TikTok, but we don't know what we're doing on Twitter because we just don't care. TikTok, we'll try. We'll try. We'll see. We're old. You got to give us that. You got to let us ease into this. We're a little bit old, a little bit seasoned, a little bit seasoned. There's one thing that we need to broach as, as a group, as a collective, as a whole, as us. And that's a topic that we didn't get to really dive into last time. And it's painful that we didn't. But Ghostbusters 1984, a thing that we love, a thing that we cherish, a thing that we hold near and dear to our hearts, and a sequel is about to come out, uh, the, the, the third installment of the <laughs> Ghostbuster Prime Universe franchise, not, sorry, 2016, um, is about to come out. But, you know, I felt like, hey... I love talking. I love just randomly babbling, going on, gushing about Ghostbusters. So I thought, hey, why not talk about some of the things that we love about it, some of the things that maybe we would change if, if things were perfect, talk about some of the trivia behind some of the instances of the original 1984 Ghostbusters. I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Let's see. Uh, Renee said, that's what she said. At that point in time, uh, I don't know what you're referencing when I said that, <laughs> but if I said something hilarious... Thank you. <laughs> like, and comment, she, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. And she totally said it. That that pirate hooker from Pirate Hooker Island. <laughs> her. The fictitious her. The her. <laughs> fictitious her. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Ghostbusters 1984 came out. I was negative three years old. Um, and yet somehow this is a movie that I still watch now. Uh, pretty pretty regularly it's died off a little bit uh, i will admit but now gearing up for ghostbusters afterlife i found myself re-watching it uh yeah the comments are about five-ish minutes behind i guess <laughs> oh, it happens it happens <laughs> it happens renee type faster <laughs> yeah be predictive be predictive say there's no ducking way you're about to say this because that's how predictive text works on my phone uh it assumes everything i want with a u-c-k-i-n-g of course has to be duck duck, duck. Yes. <laughs> when in fact I've never intentionally meant to say duck ever in my life I thought somebody was saying let's play a game of duck duck goose one time and I was way off so we'll start with you TJ Ghostbusters Yo. 1984 I don't think I've ever actually sat down and, and like tried to drill you I understand my love I understand where Jared comes from on this <laughs> subject matter but I, I, I truly don't know like what are your thoughts like do you love Ghostbusters the original like what are what was there anything that, like, a childhood memory, like, spill your guts, TJ. Spill your Ghostbuster gosh darn guts. As far as I remember, like, I've always loved the movie. It's just the fact that it's Ghostbusters. You know, four guys running around shooting ghosts with proton packs and and, and trying to save New York. Um, I, my, my oldest sister had to remind me of this a few years back, but she actually said that when I was probably about six or seven we were eating at a restaurant and I stood up on my chair and said, you go get a court order and I'll sue your ass for wrongful prosecution. <laughs> That's how much I loved that movie was I was quoting it at such a young age. 
I don't know. It's just it's just something just inherently great about the movie. It's it's I never it, it gets me that it's listed as a comedy, and like the comedy is so subtle and smartassery in a sense that like it doesn't seem like it's intending to be funny, but just their acting against each other makes it funny. So I don't know. I just it's a great movie. And I've loved it ever since I was a kid, and I still love it today. Good. That's good. Yeah, that's I like good. that. <clears throat> Jared, your opening thoughts on Ghostbusters 1984. Well, so I was positive one years old. Um, but, like, I, do, I, don't think I, re, I don't think I ever saw the movie until after, like, so real Ghostbusters, the cartoon, I guess, came out 86, 87. Um, I had seen that first before I think I had actually saw the original Ghostbusters because then my mom and my aunt won. <clears throat> Growing up, when I watched a lot of movies, it was at my aunt's house because she was a movie connoisseur. She knew, you know, this is back in the days of VHS tape. There's a bit on that in a previous video. If you don't know what it is, anyways. Uh, but, so, she had HBO back when it was on cable. And so she would pirate movies, basically. You stick a tape in the VCR, and that that's my first memory of Ghostbusters, is watching it on, you know, VHS with a grainy line through the whole <laughs> thing, you know, kind of. <clears throat> and people that are younger than us right now have no idea what we're talking about, but uh, that's okay. Google it, kids. Google it, and like, comment, and subscribe. But um, my aunt was the one who was actually like, you know, there's, there's a movie. It's kind of like Ninja Turtles was the same way. I'd seen the cartoons, and then they were like, you know, there's a movie. I was like, a movie? Oh, no. <laughs> so... But so I saw the first one, even as a young kid, and we'll we'll get into part two in another episode or later. But nothing about part one actually kind of spooked me. It was just fun. Okay, I take that back. The opening scene, the opening yep. scene, you know, get her. <laughs> That's your plan, right? <laughs> that yeah, that one that one freaked me out. But everything else, like even the even the dead cab driver, like kind of grotesque. Probably the most grotesque thing in the movie, and and that's putting that that's pretty mild. Um, but like nothing really spooked me about it, you know. It just it was fun. It was these guys, you know. Um, and then as you get older and you start listening and paying attention to the dialogue, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, it's still a comedy. And a lot of these jokes are funnier now because I'm an adult or a teenager, you know. But like a lot of like the weight of it though is kind of like, oh, there's this demon going to come through and like basically destroy the world. And they're just kind of like, it's a big Twinkie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I oh like I don't know. Um, it's so iconic because it, you know, it was written by Dan Aykroyd and uh, the late Harold Ramis, um, basically at Martha's Vineyard, at Dan's house in Martha's Vineyard. And I think they wrote this thing in like three. The original plan for this movie, which would have been odd, is they were like, it was a futuristic kind of setup to where the Ghostbusters were like fire stations, fire departments. <clears throat> you had Ghostbusters, like, you know, Ladder 19 Ghostbusters. Um I just noticed that last line when you cursed her to that, so I, I won't get into too much too much else on that. But anyways, uh, and just from from hearing how it changed into what it all the ideas to saying, okay, cool, let's do it this way. They finally settled on something. Uh, finally got you know Bill Murray involved because you know Harold and Bill had worked on Stripes and some other stuff. Uh, but like that to me, that's why it's so iconic. But you know, this was they had to really hype this up when it first came out because it just wasn't like it. I don't think they anticipated it was going to get the success and the cult classic status that it did. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so if, if I would change anything about it, 
I can't say that I would actually change anything. I, I, I could probably find something if I sat down and really thought about it for a long time, but I can't think of anything that I would have done differently, even down to the lines that I would have done differently in this, because it's it just like, it's, it, I always say New Nightmare is the perfect movie. Ghostbusters really is the perfect movie. I mean, it's got all your elements of everything there. It's funny. It's got some drama. It's got a nice little love story. There's the villain and the hero's triumph at the end. It's 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 just so good. And I think that's you know that's kind of what draws me to it is that <clears throat> any kind of any kind of movie where the hero prevails at the end and you get all those other elements in the movie, that's just that's that's why it's such a great movie. That's fair. Can we uh, also oh, yeah, touch on how good the special effects were for 1984? Exactly. A lot of and a lot of that was practical too. They did everything they could practically, uh, and so really all you had to do digitally at the time, digitally, you know, a lot of the the well again could could be a trivia moment later, so I won't spoil yeah. it too. But like, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. So I I'll say this. Um, First, Renee says, yes, VHS pirating. Uh, and I saw that <laughs> earlier, Renee, but Jared was on a roll. I can't I can't interfere with him. I'm brother. sorry. I talk a lot. I talk a lot. And then Al says, hello, fellas. Hello there, Al. Hey, Welcome. Al. Al, Al will be returning to our Monday stream this upcoming Monday. Welcome back, Al. Welcome back to work, Al. Two-week vacation. Hope you enjoyed it, you jerk. Um, <laughs> uh, What's a vacation? Yeah, for real, man. Every Friday. I, I raced back from Fort Smith, Arkansas to get here in time for this. Must be Latin. Uh, if you interrupted Jared, he just stalls out. We all do that. It's a Kegel thing. We just get lost in our anger. Um, I love Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters. I do. I do. I really, 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 really do. Um, do I have things that, in my mind, I've theorycrafted and thought, you know what, if I would change something, this is what it would be? Yes, there are some things I would I would I would make a change to, but I also understand realistically, especially with when you start to dive deeper into the quick turnaround that Ivan Reitman and this whole production had to be to get their summer of 1984 release. Like there was not a lot of leeway. Uh they they started, I think I think some of the theater like I we'll get trivia, we'll get there later. But like there was a tight <laughs> window. Uh but honestly, I, I love so much about this movie. Uh, and the more... I, I don't know what it was originally that had me so firmly drawn into this movie. Because like right now I can watch it and I can tell you the thing I love the most is one, the concept of catching... Uh, containing a ghost, like at an off-site storage facility. All of that, all of that sounds great to me. Like all of that sounds super cool. But now that I'm older, I realize one of the things I love so much about this is just the banter. The conversation that any one of the Ghostbusters have with any other person, thing, object in the area, and especially amongst themselves, is some of the best dialogue I can think of. It's it's either so bizarre or so witty. And I, I do think a lot of where I've evolved my personality over the years comes from witty banner that I just sat there and absorbed from watching the Ghostbusters VHS I had. Um, and yes, my Ghostbuster VHS was not a store-bought copy. Uh, it was a blank VHS with tape on the front that said Ghostbusters in block letters uh, written in pencil. Um, and I probably watched that film until it died. I, I watched it so much, and VCRs were not as kind as you think they might be when you're reminiscing on your past life. And everything about it, the, I don't know, man, just the, gosh, everything. 
the fact that I still think, you know, it's not great. But boys, I still think the the effects, TJ brought up the effects. I still think the effects hold up now. Like, I don't think they're awful effects. I think there are some current products that may have worse effect. Granted, more money was put into the effects, but I think there are some cheesy CGI effects that do not hold the same candle that a 1984 Ghostbusters effect does. They and try they, to make them too unbelievable now. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. Uh, it's about catching ghosts. You're about catching ghosts. Um, <laughs> but man, I listen, if I was going to change something, here's been the one thing I would change forever, and I will then follow up with the, I understand why you can't do it. One thing I would like is the Ghostbuster formula is this, and if I had to go out on a limb, I say we'll see this same formula in Ghostbusters Afterlife. There's the buildup, there's the initial capturing of the first ghost, there's montage of capturing other ghosts, and then there's the climax resolution. I personally would like to have seen more, another, maybe not more, maybe just one more individual kind of fleshed out ghost capturing. The montage is great because it shows you how much work they're doing and it shows you the, the it gives you a feeling that, oh man, New York's overrun with ghosts. Um, but I would have liked to have another successful hunt where now it's not them being amateurs, it's them kind of, they've got this under the belt, they've been doing it, they're ready to go. Um, but all we get is like their first kind of screw up and still do it and, and then then defeating uh, an, an interdimensional monster god thing. And, and like that's the two things. Um, but I understand why you can't do it. Like Ghostbusters was never going to be a movie that was longer than like the 84 minutes that it clocks in at. Uh, yeah. and, and there would be a lot less Ghostbuster fans, I think, if it was the two and a half hour cinematic <clears throat> masterpiece right. I'm composing in my mind with most with multiple Ghostbusters. Uh, but to my, you know, to, I guess, to placate people like me, children, uh, the real <laughs> Ghostbusters came out and you got a weekly Ghostbusted yes. at the very minimum. And that's why I love the real Ghostbusters so much. We can talk about that later. We will talk about that later. Not tonight, <laughs> but a different day. Um, but yes, yeah, so I... I would also have liked to see the team form slightly a little bit differently. And here is my biggest complaint. I know the game, I know the game went back and rectified this. But the fact that we don't see them, even in a short kind of clip, like, hey, we're back, uh, go and take down the librarian. I wanted them to go <laughs> back and bust the librarian for satisfaction of knowing that was their first failure. They've never, they'll, they'll never live past it. You have to go back and rectify that, and, and give me because yes, that ghost was the most terrifying thing in the film. Give me the moment of like, all right, thank you for appeasing the small child that was wounded by that lady turning into the most horrific thing after they said get her. To the point that that was an even a toned down version of the gray lady. Yeah. They had designed her more monstrous before, and and, and they're like, oh, had, we can't do down. that. Yeah, we can't do that. That's too terrifying. This is supposed to be a comedy, right? Uh, but yeah, gosh, man, I love Ghostbusters. I'll tell you what, though. If if there's one thing that I would like to change, I would like to see like a, a director's cut with the deleted scenes. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think I've seen any deleted scenes. From they've, they've got some, and... I think there are some on certain DVD copies. I found more of them by going on YouTube than YouTube, I have yeah. anything else. Like the scene of like, I didn't realize like there was a whole story behind Ray getting the ghost blow job. Like <laughs> there's, there's like a buildup of him. Like 
being stationed at this place. Like they're like uh, investigating and like, I don't know. There's like a whole story to it before he gets his ghost, ghostly BJ. Uh, and I still believe that's what happened. And that was still one of the most confusing my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's still one of the most confusing yeah. moments in the original Ghostbuster as watching it as a kid. Child, as a child had no idea. <laughs> when you're a kid, yeah, it's like you don't you don't pick up on some of these things. You're like, why is that ghost unzipping his pants? And then <laughs> and then like when you're older, you watch it and go, Oh I know what this Wish is. a ghost would unzip my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh I so let's go ahead. Let's get into some trivia. Uh, the the most known trivia piece that if you know anything about Ghostbusters or have deep dived into Ghostbusters at all is this. There were a couple of different casting choices for a lot of different characters, but by far the biggest thing that led to an eventual change to the script was that Eddie Murphy was supposed to be Winston. Winston, <laughs> yeah. Winston was supposed to be introduced earlier in the film, and he was supposed to actually be the Ghostbuster to be slimed. Uh, and honestly... Can you imagine if that is what happened? Because Bill Murray, I believe honestly, Bill Murray being slimed that once and then never getting touched with slime stuff ever again after that point. Like, even when the building blew up with uh, Stay Puffed, they, like, gave him just a little shoulder. Everyone else was completely covered, and Bill just got a little shoulder. I think he resented the fact that he got slimed in the film, and, like, he never lived that down, and that's where, like, his spite towards the franchise started to blossom uh, and then was eventually uh, hyper hyper fixated after Ghostbusters 2 became a, an abomination in his eyes. Um, but Winston was supposed to be the one to get slimed. Eddie Murphy would have been there. Uh, I don't know if my brain can fully process a world no. where Eddie Murphy is doing witty banner with Bill Murray in the same <laughs> enclosed space because – like that was like Bill is the highlight because well, to me Bill's the highlight because he's the powerhouse of the group. He establishes himself as the leader, even though no one ever refers to him as the leader. Uh, but because of how quick witted he is and how much he seems to stand in front of the others, Ray's character a little bit socially awkward. Egon's character entirely socially awkward. Uh, <laughs> And then Winston coming in halfway through the film, you don't really have a connection to that character at that point in time. Right. So in a world where we would have had Bill Murray bouncing off his ad-libs with Eddie freaking Murray. Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> Murray. <laughs> I've, I've made them brothers. I've, I've, I've made them brothers. Uh, that, would have, that would have been the most 80-rific like, explosion of comedy ever. Oh, I don't think the movie would have done as well like over time. It would have I been straight up comedy. There would have been no yeah. like, like there's no safe like Beverly Hills Cop is a comedy that adds a little bit of action, a little bit of drama, and it works. But because Eddie's the only guy there, Bill and Ghostbusters is the same thing. It adds a little bit of sprinkles in a little bit of everything, but that's why it works because he's there. When you throw both of them in, you get what happened in. Um, Oh gosh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy also did a money where uh, my money did a movie trading where, places. Uh, trading places, yes. Um, <sighs> cool flick, but it's kind of like you had two guys kind of competing with each other for attention and and the laugh, and that's that's where like uh like any kind of comedy you never want to overdo the comedy. You never want to put Eddie Murphy with you know another comedian, you know. Chris Rock, for example, it would never. It just there's there's too much, they're, and they're fighting over each other. That's why if there's a that's why Kevin Hart is so good in movies where he's the only funny guy 
be and be, just being himself. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, I agree with TJ. I really don't think it would it would have turned into a different movie. It would have turned into like they would have had to do a bunch of different a bunch of different edits, and it would eventually have been just a funny movie about guys hunting ghosts, and not really a serious movie that has a comedic element throughout the entire thing. Kind of makes you feel good, kind of keeps you on point, but you still see the severity of it. You know, hey, you know this this could be bad. You know, and then Bill throws a one-liner out there that makes you go, <laughs> you know, and you kind of remind you, hey, we're just we're it's just a movie, we're having fun. I think too much of that would have ruined it. So, kind of well, adding on to to what I was saying though, um, and what Jared was saying actually is, I think this is probably one of the reasons why the 2016 failed is mm-hmm. because. You, they straight up tried to make it funny, and it just wasn't funny. Um, but going back to also what you were saying, Kak, um, Peter Bankman kind of setting himself up as kind of like the leader of the group. I just now realized that he's the only one that has an office back behind Janine. <laughs> and she's got the bug eyes. Just kidding about the bug eyes. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you had more DJ before. No, I mean, <laughs> before I gave you the bug eyes. No, it's that that's real. And she, like no one else has an office that you see set up back there. But Not, Peter Mankman does. For all we know, nobody else has an office. Not until Ghostbusters 2 when you start to get more of the idea of, all right, in my mind and because of the real Ghostbusters, the assumption would be that Egon has a lab set up somewhere for his tinkering of stuff. Uh, yeah. Ray Ray comes off as like the, the mechanical whiz type where he's working and backing up Egon in the lab, and then Winston's working on Ecto-1. <laughs> That's what Winston's yeah. doing. Winston, uh, in the cartoon, I appreciate that Winston goes and gets a PhD, so he's also a doctor. Uh, yeah. Sadly, they never bring that up in the live <laughs> yeah, action. Never brought up. <laughs> Didn't they bring it up in the video game? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, listen, the the that video game, for the longest time, served as the, like, the, the third movie for me. Because they went back, hearkened on so many stuff, uh, tied back in so many loose ends, busted the gray lady. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, I've never played it. I've never played all the three. I know you watched me it play it. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a short time. And I've only seen bits and pieces, but you know, you can go on YouTube any count, anytime a video game comes out, someone does an entire playthrough and records yeah. it and puts it on there. So I went through and I watched the playthrough on it and I don't know if I could ever sit down and try to play that game because it's just so much of the ghost busting and having to use like all these different things. And it's just so long. And I was just like, all right, this is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool story. So what I encourage people to do is screw play in the game. I mean, go play the game, give the game your money, whatever. Uh, but find a YouTube of just the cutscenes. I think there's someone that's actually like titled one, like, <laughs> Ghostbusters, uh, the video game theatrical cut, and it's just all the cutscenes compiled together, uh, and that is basically a movie in and of itself, uh, one that's awesome to watch without having to go through all of the, uh, grinding. That, that, the game is very grindy, uh, it is very grindy, but, yeah, no, I, like, man, <laughs> I love that game. Uh, so, one of the, one of the other trivia points of this is most of the script didn't matter because a lot of the dialogue, if not most of the dialogue for some characters, was entirely ad-libbed. Uh, Bill Murray, I don't even think he read the script. I think he just ad-libbed every line after they told him what scene he was walking into. Um, uh, but the by far the most 
when when reading it and seeing it and like going back and watching it, one of the most epic moments of this film when you realize it was an entirely ad-libbed by one person moment is the continuous shot of Lewis Tully by Rick Moranis apartment where he's throwing a party. No one else really has any dialogue in that moment aside from the big tall blonde lady. Rick Moranis ad-libbed the entirety of his spiel on this one continuous shot. And it's not just 15 seconds. You get like a good four minutes of this party, of him talking to guests that he makes the names up for and gives them backgrounds, goes into his spiel about selling vitamins and checking on people's nutrition, uh, and then then gets to the, all right, who brought the dog? (laughs) And then, then it goes downhill from there. But the fact that Rick Moranis takes over and basically calls calls an audible for an entire scene. I feel like that's impressive. And it's a funny moment because it's so weird. <clears throat> and one of the things about that scene, like you said, it's a continuous shot. It would be one thing if it was a continuous shot going around the room with just him talking because anyone could have handed him a cue card and he could have just kept reading. But he's in 99 99- point nine percent of those shots i don't actually i think he's in all the shot i think he's in the whole shot it's him walking around the room the the camera never gets off of him and none of that is scripted as a matter i i saw something where ivan was saying one time ivan reitman the director was saying one time like we did that scene so many different times that we never knew what rick was going to say and he just kind of said it and it was (laughs) It was, and there's one scene where it was like, that's a real thing from Nova Scotia, Canada, Herb, hey, or whatever. And like, he, something about that extra, like, was was trying so hard not to crack up because they had done it so many times. And he was just waiting to hear what, him, what he was going to say this time. <laughs> Ted Nanette! <laughs> Ted Nanette! I, let me I'll take the <laughs> I'll never forget Ted Nanette. And Jordan Peele of Key and Peele is a big Ghostbusters fan too. And I was rewatching the first season of Key and Peele, their Halloween episode. There is a skit. Well, there's two skits. One skit has a Vince Clortho uh, Hogwarts <laughs> Academy in America, which is hilarious. Um, but he's also hosting a party. He opens the door and says, Ted and Annette, come in. And like, it's awesome because I love people that love Ghostbusters. Um, okay. I, I kind of. So. You mentioned Rick Moranis, and obviously this is probably going to be one of the trivia, so we can just spill it now. But he was not initially intended to have that role. It was supposed to go to John Candy. Yes. Right? Yep. So, I mean, just even looking back at it now, he is one of the reasons why I think this movie is so great. Because I cannot imagine John Candy in that role and trying to do some kind of scene like that, where he's going through an ad-libbing or even... I just, yeah, it's Rick Moranis no. is one of those other um, aspects of this movie of why it's such a great movie. Al asked, y'all think Rick going to show up in the new one? No, I, I think no. I, I, don't I think, think he will. I think no. he's sticking to his retirement from live action acting. Uh, he does know, some theater stuff, though, or did some theater stuff. Though, he, he, he does. He does voice. He, he's been doing voice acting. Okay, um, right. He appeared in a commercial with... Um, uh, with uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, for Mint or oh, whatever Bush Ryan Reynolds Mobile, is, yeah. <laughs> whatever Ryan Reynolds is hawking. But if he did, <laughs> if he did, I'd probably cry uh, in the theaters. And that's not, hy- not that's not, not hy- hyperbole. Like that's no. literally me being honest with you. Like seeing that might be the most nostalgic overload, yeah. and my brain I don't think could handle it. Uh, Evel says, 
Are you the gatekeeper? It depends. You the key master? So I want to I want to touch on that real quick uh, I, because I've got a story here. It's a it's a quick one. Mm-hmm. So my my first stint at uh, the company that I work at now, um, which I'm now back at after <clears throat> we'll call it a six year hiatus. Um, it's a hardware kind of industry. The things that I do, that's what I'm good at. So we were working on a Saturday one time, and TJ, you remember you remember Michael, Big Mike, uh, Charlie's brother, tattoos. Well, he doesn't have long hair anymore, but beard, Michael. So it's a Saturday, and a uh, guy comes in, random guy, never seen him before. <clears throat> and I'm standing kind of around the, the, the front counter area of the store. <clears throat> this guy comes in, he kind of walks, he turns, turns and looks at me. I don't know why he came to me. There were two people behind the counter. But he turns the corner and looks at me, and he's like, hey. And he holds up a key. He wanted a key made. But he goes, hey, are you the key master? And without missing a beat, I just went, no, I'm the gatekeeper, and just kept walking. <laughs> I thought Michael, big, if, and TJ knows who I'm talking about. This guy's 6'5", tattoos, used to have long hair and a beard. Looked like a really tall Sons of Anarchy Jesus. Um, <clears throat> but Michael just lost it. And to hear him laugh, <laughs> no, I'm the gatekeeper. See you later. <laughs> Anyways, I made the guy's keys, but every time every time that line comes up, I think of that moment. <laughs> Are you the key master? No, I'm the gatekeeper. Can I be can I be honest with you boys right quick? I was probably of the age of like 26, 27, 25 in my 20s when I finally realized the key master and the gatekeeper was literally just a sex joke. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the same here. It's just it, one big long drawn out sex joke. He's the key master cuz he has a wiener, she's the gatekeeper cuz she has a gigi. I, I I both felt stupid and amazed when I when I finally put that together. When you're 16, and you like, watch it, you go, oh. It's it's like the it's like the ghost blowjob. I mean, it's yep. it really is like it's like like I said. Why is that you know ghost unzipping his pants? Why you know why is she the gatekeeper and not him? Like I you know. And then when you wait, get older, so if he put his key in her gate. What could that mean? <laughs> I would have said the lockkeeper just for aesthetics, but gatekeeper sounds better because if you put a key in a gate, I mean, you're just you're sticking. Yeah, a key well, it's it's. It, I guess I guess they're like, listen, we can't just outright say vagina penis keepers. Like we just have to, we have to, <laughs> we have to be coy with this a little bit, a little bit. But oh man, jokes I want to make, but I won't. And then they literally have sex on the. Okay, that's a point of contention. Do you think Lewis and um. Uh, I'm gonna call her Sigourney. Dana have have the the uh, extramaritals upon yes. upon that slab before going yes. and becoming dogs. Well, how yes. else do you unlock the gate? Right. <laughs> but here's the thing. So at this point, they're basically human versions of the Dog. demon dogs, the terror dogs. Yep, terror dogs. Yeah, and uh, so like they let's just say, and I believe they did, but let's just say they did. At that point, if you're ready for the coming of Gozer and you've already stripped down to your, you know, what you were born in and you do your thing, why do you put all your clothes back on at that point? I mean, I wouldn't even care at that point. Well, like, Gozer's here, but they're like, nope, 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 got to be decent. <laughs> well, Gozer was a god. <laughs> Hang on, wait. <laughs> Are you a god? <laughs> Favorite lines. <laughs> no. <laughs> then... 
I've I've said that so many times to myself. <laughs> I acted out that moment. There's just something so just like dumb about all. Well, the best part about it is, are you a god? Ray, confused, turns around to Peter, and Peter goes. Ray turns back around and goes, no. <laughs> I do like that it's a call back to their first encounter with the librarian, where where Peter's like. Now what do we do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got a plan. Get her. Ray has bad ideas. If anyone's put this together when it comes to handling first interactions with things. Yes. Not only that, he just can't he can't pick up on like the, you know, are you a god? And he's and then you know, Peter's like shaking his head, yeah, you know, like, yeah, you know, go ahead and say it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just can't pick up on subtle clues of like what people are trying to tell him. Yeah, which now in hindsight I realize, oh yeah, he's probably on the autism spectrum. Like that's cool. Like that's a cool character. Like all of these characters, like when you can like go back and say, well, Ray wasn't weird. Ray just had some social awkwardness <clears throat> that he was like probably wasn't medicated for at the time, and you know he just just talking to ghost. You know, later hey. on he ended up owning a vodka company an occult store <laughs> with books. <laughs> <laughs> Good old yeah. occult store, raise occult. Um, Dana's voice, not Dana's voice, Zool's voice is the voice of Ivan Reitman. Uh, and I Patty- know that. Are, now, hang on, for trivia, are you asking us stuff, or are you just like... I'm just saying shit right it. now. Oh, okay, alright, cool, cool, cool. If you got something else you want to throw out there, please. I just didn't know we playing a game. Um, no, not, not, not a game. Uh, this one I didn't realize, but... During the middle of the film's initial release to garner more um, traction for for the film from fans, Ivan Reitman took the Ghostbuster commercial that's in the movie and made it an actual commercial. But instead of the 555 number, they gave it a 1-800 number with a recorded message from Ray and Peter just saying that, Hey, we're out busting ghosts. Uh, We'll call you back later. Apparently that (laughs) phone line received thousands of calls like every 20... What was it? Got they got one thousand calls per hour, twenty four hours a day for several weeks. Wow, that's ridiculous. That's I, awesome. I don't realize, like in my mind, I don't think I've ever fully processed how big this movie actually was at the time. This was the highest grossing comedy until Home Alone came, and that little bastard Kevin uh, unseated it. Kevin. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I can't do it because I have facial hair again. Look at this. I've got, look, look, guys. Good job. Hair again. Hair again. Let's see. Renee says, has anyone tried to calling the number now? Do it. Okay. Uh, Give me the number and I'll do it. I'll totally do it. See if it's still real. It'll be some old grandma in Brooklyn. Hello? With an 800 number? It'll be be George Costanza's mom. I I just know. (laughs) You remember that? uh, Hey, this is a random trivia that isn't in my trivia notes. Uh, If you go back and watch the scene where Dana's getting, uh, Molested by the uh, armchair terror dogs uh-huh. and then thrown into the space. I think I know where you're going. Uh, you can straight up see her nipple. Yep. <laughs> they pull down that top. She's not wearing a bra. You get a nip. You get a gorny weaver nipple. You're welcome. You're so welcome. That was... <clears throat> One of those other things I didn't notice until later in life, and I went, wait a minute. And so One you slow other... it down. When you One of those other things down. I didn't notice yeah. until rewind and pause. <laughs> well, it's when you don't notice it on VHS because obviously the video quality. It's true. But, you know, once the DVD and Blu-ray hit, it's like, oh. No, that's one of those scenes that uh, did kind of freak me out as a kid. It's like you'd sit down in a chair like that and be like looking for hands about to Looking for hands, yeah. Oh, the, the face of the terror dog like denting into the door yeah. and like turning. 
And then it pops open and you see that dog staring. That was terrifying. That was pretty scary. Like, listen, the gray lady, still scarier. Uh, but that whole moment was very unsettling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially for the tone of the rest of the movie leading up to that point. Uh, it definitely felt like, oh, damn, we're getting serious again. <laughs> like, even Lewis, even Lewis getting possessed, it was kind of, uh, it was just kind of like, a joke. People were watching him get destroyed hey, by a terror. Horses. I lead them, blah, blah. Wait, no. right. what is it? Anyways, what an right. asshole! What, what an, an asshole! asshole. <laughs> you all burn in flames. <laughs> do we want to do? Do we want to do real quick? Uh, do we want to do some? Uh, um, well, we can keep doing trivia. I don't care. Um, or do we want to do favorite lines from the movie? A couple favorite, favorite lines. lines from each of us. Favorite lines. Honestly, favorite lines from the movie for me is like. Every line I can remember. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, like, what are some of y'all's favorite lines from, from the movie? So, What's TJ, that I want got you... to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, are so, you Alice menstruating? <laughs> so, yes, and I wrote that down. Are you Alice menstruating right now? What's that got to do with it? Back off, man. That's scientist. Scientist. <laughs> That's one of those lines that even when you're not a scientist... It's like someone asks you something, and you're just like, back off. I have degrees in psychology and parapsychology. I know nothing about human anatomy. Hey, Dean Yeager! <laughs> no, you're being moved off campus. Off campus. <laughs> I just uh, you, Mr. You, Dr. Venkman, are the worst kind. <laughs> is it a uh, star? It is a star. It is a star. <laughs> You can keep your five, you can keep your fifty bucks. I five. will. Oh, five, five bucks. bucks. Yeah, five bucks. You can keep, keep your five, your five. bucks. I will, Mister. <laughs> it's okay, Jennifer. We can act at the whole movie. But one of the one of the ones that really I, I really love is when Stay Puffed is walking down the road. What do you think, Egon? Sorry, Venkman. I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. That just I don't know what's so funny about that line. It just it's kind of like because he, he's so calm when he says it. <laughs> in the same moment when he says "mother puss bucket," in my mind I've always tried to figure out: is that a curse word? Is that one I don't know about? <laughs> like, did he mean to curse? And they like like hey, you know we can't do that PG or whatever. And he's like, all right, well I'll just say something. You guys just like bleep it out or whatever. But I was always so confused by mother. Puss bucket. <laughs> and then of course we already discussed it. Um, are you a god? No. And then but the 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 best line of that, I mean that's funny that's funny stuff, but the best line after that is Winston. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> this chick is toast. <laughs> Nobody steps Nobody on steps the church. On the church in my one of the most underrated but great lines from the entire movie is in the beginning when they see the asymmetrical book stackings and Ray goes, listen, smell something? <laughs> because to me, that was like, wait a minute, those well, two senses don't go to together. <laughs> the asymmetrical book stacking too. Asymmetrical book. He cites a reference from somewhere. Pete goes, you're right. No human being would ever stack books like this. Someone blows your someone blows their nose, and you want a sample of it. Oh boy, good stuff. Good stuff from Ghostbusters. TJ, what are your, what are a couple of years? Pretty much everything that's been said. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's another one that just stands out. Um, other than think. Yes, this man what? has no dick. Um, this man yeah, has you know, no just dick. Just the, yes. the banter between Venkman and Walter Peck. Dogs and cats living together. I like the I like the uh, cross the streams moment 
wait a minute. <laughs> you said crossing the streams was bad. <laughs> and Ray's just in the background. Cross, Cross the streams. streams. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be endangering our lives and endangering the lives of the nice lady that <laughs> agreed to pay us in advance before she turned into a dog. <laughs> so another one, another one that's great that I really enjoy when they're in jail, <clears throat> before they've got out of jail. Um, Winston is like, so you're willing to tell <laughs> You're willing to tell me that some ancient Babylonian god is going to come, whatever he says there. And Egon goes, Sumerian, not Babylonian. <laughs> I, yeah. I like I like Winston talking in the mayor's office when he's like, Mayor, since I've started working with these guys, I've seen shit that would turn you white. <laughs> For some reason, that quote always hits funny to me. Um, Renee has found the 800 number. Apparently, it was taken off or something. Uh, but the recording, she found uh, a, a link for what the recording used to say. The full message is pretty funny. All right, we'll have to listen. Give that a listen to. Renee give that is a listen awesome. To. Give Renee a pat on the back. Give her some like Twitch cred or whatever that is. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? <clears throat> all right, you wanted to move on to. Um... Oh, Some, first, uh, I'm trying the... to imagine all life as we know it stopping. Instantaneously, <laughs> 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 and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Okay. okay Total protonic so... reversal. <laughs> okay, that's bad. Bad. Okay, that's bad. All right. Important safety tip. <laughs> <laughs> the flowers are still standing. <laughs> I like... Nice shooting, Tex. <laughs> it's not even a line. It's just a reaction to whenever they power on the proton packs for the first time in they the elevator. Back away in the elevator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like he's just trying to get as far away from it as I can. What, what are you supposed to be? Some cosmonauts? Exterminators. Nah, somebody saw a cockroach up on twelve. Must be some, some cockroach. <laughs> Bite your head off. <laughs> Bite your head off. Man. All right, we're getting behind. We gotta go. 